0: Hey there, welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. In today's episode, we are going to rewrite a lot of the existing conversations that are going on about money. And my guest, Misty Jane, who is a money and life coach for hairstylists, is going to talk all about how you can actually use money as a tool to build the life that you want Now, in today's episode, we're gonna dive into understanding your money story, breaking the scarcity mindset, and we're not just talking about mindset in an abstract form. She's gonna give you actionable tools to break through that scarcity mindset, changing your habits with money, thinking about mindful spending, and how changing your money story can actually be one of the most empowering things that you do not only as a hairstylist, but as a human being. Misty's insight is very much centered around empowering hairstylists. And unlike almost every major financial educator or coach that we might have seen, what I love about Misty is that she takes a completely shame-free approach two finances that not only allowed her to pay off almost $50,000 worth of debt in two years while still enjoying her life, but also what has helped countless hairstylists that she's worked with privately to completely change their financial realities without even necessarily changing their income. I hope that you have got a notepad because you are going to want to soak up every bit of Misty's advice today. So let's get into it you're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the hairstylist rising podcast. In today's episode, we are going to flip the typical money conversations on their heads, and we're going to talk about how you can actually use your money to get what you want out of your life out of your career out of your business. And of course, to have this conversation, I had to invite my friend who is a money coach and life coach for hairstylists. Welcome back, Misty. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Thank you for having me again. I
0: can't wait to dive into this topic because I feel like, and I know you talk about this all the time, there's so many unhelpful narratives about money and particularly at times of like economic uncertainty, I think it brings to the forefront and there are, there's so much in the realm of money is bad, money is stressful, and all of these things. And if you spend money, it's something you should be ashamed of. Those kinds of stories that I don't think are really serving anyone because it's leading us to really focus on things that are outside of our control. And I love how, as a money coach, you focus on a com- in a completely different way. So for anyone who maybe hasn't been introduced to you before, can you talk a little bit about your own money journey and how you really were led into doing what you do today, which is helping other stylists and beauty industry professionals get their financial shit together, for lack of a better term, so that they can use their money as a tool instead of being beholden to it.
1: Yes, absolutely. So about 2016, I was a commissioned stylist in a salon. I had been doing hair at that point for, what, 14 years 13, 14 years, something like that. And I was one of the busiest stylists in the salon. I was working my ass off. I had just had a baby. My husband and I were living in a smaller townhouse, small yard, and... We felt like we were maxed on the amount of money we could make, right? We felt like we were working super hard. We had dreams. We had things that we wanted out of our life, but we just felt like we picked the wrong careers because we still felt broke. Like we were constantly, we were living paycheck to paycheck, right? Like a lot of stylists that I know, we were in one of those places that if I had to take off for a day or two because my son was sick, it really put a damper on our lives. It built up our stress, all of the things, right? And we had this dream of moving into this particular neighborhood Um, locally in Virginia Beach. And I remember we would drive around and we would say things like we picked the wrong careers. We would say things like we should have went to college. That was one of my biggest limiting beliefs is that I could never get these higher income things because I didn't go to college. And there came to a point where I was like, you know what? Enough is enough. Let's figure out what we need to change. Like we keep blaming it on all these outside factors. We keep blaming it on decisions we made in the past. We would even blame it on not winning the lottery. That's my favorite one. We used to say all the time, if we just won the lottery, we would pay off all of our debt. We never played the lottery, by the way. Just want to put that out there. But anyway, (laughs) we got to this place where we were like, enough is enough. We got to make a change. And what ended up happening is we ended up sitting down and we ended up looking at exactly what was going on because we were ignoring our finances, like unintentionally. I would look at my bank account all the time. I would look at our debt all the time, but I wouldn't like, really assess it. I would look at the balance. I would look at the balance, really. That was it. And I didn't really know where my money was going. And (laughs) we sat down and we finally looked at where it was actually going. And we realized that we were the problem. Cue Uh that Taylor Swift song, whatever that's (laughs) called. And I think that was the moment that it was like, oh, Oh, like our actions and our habits are what is putting us in the situation and is what is continuing to feed the scarcity mindset that we were in. So we sat down, we figured out, holy crap, we are in $48,000 in debt, which right. we knew we were in debt. We didn't know how much debt we had. And we sat down and we made a plan and we made a realistic plan. And I know a lot of people don't like realistic, but I would love to say that I could put $5,000 a month towards paying that debt off. But realistically, that was not the amount of money we were bringing in. And it, it, I couldn't do that, right? So we sat down and we made a real plan, like, how can we pay this debt off? How long is it going to take us? What is it going to look like for our lives if we sacrifice in other areas to be able to do this, right? And we laid it all out and we did it. Two years went by and we completely took control of our money. We paid off all of our debt. $48,000 was gone. And what we realized is, wait a minute, now we have 24000 extra dollars a year, so we filled an emergency fund quickly and we bought a house in that neighborhood because we could afford a higher mortgage. And we still live here. We've been here to be five years this coming December. Wow. And it is insane to me, one, how quickly we felt in control of our finances because yes, it took two years to get out of debt, but it took three months to feel like, holy crap, we like live off of way more money than we thought, like in a good way. Like hey. We have a lot more money than we realized. We right. just always felt broke. Yeah. and felt like the paycheck wasn't like lasting. That's something
0: I've heard a lot of your clients say too, is that like they actually had more of an income than they thought that they did. Things weren't as tight as they thought when, they, when they've when they reassessed their own habits. And I've seen this yeah. in like the comments on your Instagram posts and stuff. So it's an interesting thing that I think a lot of people don't think of because they think of income as fixed But I think that we also think of our habits as fixed. Neither are in reality. But even if you are on an income that isn't changing, you can take more action than a lot of people think that they can.
1: Yes. And that's the thing, right? When you're ignoring something because it stresses you out, right? Looking at money stresses me out. Even the idea of thinking about sitting down and making a plan for my money sounds stressful. Why? Because maybe you saw your parents stressing out about money when they sat down, or maybe it's just always been a stressful conversation between you and your partner, or maybe it reminds you of the money that in your head you don't have, right? But what's funny is when you sit down and actually do create the plan, you start taking control. So nice. you start feeling in control. So all of that stress and overwhelm that you're feeling and you're avoiding actually sitting down and doing the thing that you're avoiding is going to take that away because where does anxiety live? It, it lives where we can't control <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> or we think we can't. Yeah. So it's just sitting down and being like, you know what? Like I can actually see the direction I'm going right. gives you that empowerment to do the thing that you're wanting to do and doing it the way that you want. Because we are hairstylists. We got in this business because we want to do what we want. So we don't need the Dave Ramseys of the world shaming us because I don't know about you, but shame has never gotten me anywhere, period. So figuring out how to take control of your finances in a way that actually works for you, that's why my clients have such amazing success because they actually feel in control quick Without their bank accounts changing. Yeah. Their bank account's the same, but now they're in control of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Because you, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you started trying to get out of debt in the beginning, you did try some of those more traditional methods, right? Like the shame reliant methods and like- It, that just, can you talk a little bit about what that looked like and how you were feeling during that time? And, and then I guess what was the turning point where you're like, you know what? I think I can actually figure out a better way to do this myself.
1: Yes. I'm hard-headed too. So there's that, but yes, we <laughs> straight up, were walking through the grocery store with the envelopes of cash. We were like, okay, our, this is our grocery budget. This is how much we have for the month. I had a calculator and I had an envelope of cash yeah. and I, quickly realized we weren't going out to eat at all we weren't buying anything at all we weren't we were literally only paying our bills and then going working and going home it quickly we quickly realized that this is exactly why this would never work for us because within a month maybe a month and a half we were like we can't live like this I still want to enjoy my life, right? Like I still, I don't want to be like tied to my home or tied to this idea. Like I want to enjoy myself. Two years, could you imagine? No. I mean, granted, if we would have done that, sure, it would have been paid off faster. But let's just say it took a year and a half. Yeah. A year and a half of never doing anything you love? No, thank you.
0: I wonder too, I think about with something so strict, like how quickly are you going to be thrown off when something like what we've experienced with grocery prices over the last couple of years, if you don't have any flexibility worked in and then something like that is out of your control essentially happens, I think that's the kind of, Stuff that causes a lot of people to just throw in the towel and just be like, you know what, whatever. We're just gonna be in debt forever because we can't. That's the stories, right? Is that oh, I think this is I want to talk a little bit about that scarcity mindset as well. When factors out of your control do happen, it's all about the way that you respond to them at the end of the day, right? So I think that is one of the bigger things why this shame-filled with anything, with parenting, with leadership, with money, whatever that is leading with shame just doesn't, it just doesn't work
1: anymore. No, it doesn't. And I have had so many clients that it's so interesting because when I work with them privately, the the first couple calls there, you can feel the shame vibrating out of the zoom call. Like you can feel the way that they're talking to me about money and just, they feel so defeated yeah. So defeated because they have been constantly fed this debt is bad and this is bad and you shouldn't walk into a restaurant if you have debt and this constant, like you are not good as a human being if you do these things right. and it's not fair and it's not okay. So as I start working with them and I start telling them, first of all, let go of the shoulds. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Is that even like getting you to your goal? Right. No, no. Right. And a lot of times, again, all that anxiety lives when we just don't like, okay, I want to pay off my debt. We say that, right. That is my goal, but we're just throwing money at it. We don't know how much money we're throwing at it. Right, We're just throwing money at it. We don't understand interest rates. So we don't understand that. Okay. A $50 minimum, but I'm going to pay a hundred dollars instead, but that's not even covering all the interest. So you're staying stuck in that hole. Mm -hmm. And when you don't even understand a plan that maybe you didn't even realize was a plan, right? You're just like, I, here's my goal. I'm going to take the actions that I know, the actions that I see people shaming me about. It didn't, it feels like shit. And then you, and you don't get anywhere and you feel like you're just like swimming against the current. And then you just, it validates your feelings of, having my financial shit together isn't for me or it validates my feelings of I'm shit with numbers or I'm shit with money or I'm terrible with money. That's what so many people in my DMs, like I need you. I'm terrible with money. Let's switch that. Let's not even say that anymore. Let's say I am open to learning how to take control of my money. Yeah. Step one, for anyone listening, if you feel like you're terrible with money, let's switch that narrative right the second.
0: <laughs> the financial literacy education is like quite lacking. I think for most- It's
1: people. non-existent.
0: I, yeah. And I think it's very easy to punish yourself because that is what- I think a lot of us go to, and you're so right in saying that switching that identity is part of that. So with that being said, can we dive into a little bit, I know you mentioned it briefly earlier, but that scarcity mindset and what does that actually mean? And how can you start to work through that?
1: Mm, Survival. A lot of us just feel like we're constantly in survival mode, especially when it comes to money. The goal is to go to work, make money, come home, pay your bills, whatever. When you are living in scarcity and say a client cancels, right? That can throw you into a spiral. How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to, we live in this sense of fear that there isn't enough money. But if we really think about it, right? Think of 2020. I bring this up all the time because a lot of us were completely, our incomes were completely taken away from us for a period of time. And I'm majority of us, even though we very much struggled, yeah, we made it through, and that was you worst know?
0: case scenario, literally, yes. worst case scenario. So, to-
1: yeah. The worst case scenario happened. Yeah. And we made it through. Right. So that is a perfect example of kind of how we need to figure out how to let go of the scarcity. But you can't let go of the scarcity unless you start to take action towards the abundance. Once you start taking the action, that's when the confidence is going to come. So we just want the mindset to change, but the mindset's not going to change until the habits and the actions change. And the thing is, that doesn't have to be hard. And that's the narrative I want to change as far as people talking about finances. It doesn't have to be hard. Paying that $48,000 in debt, it wasn't hard once I learned how to switch up some of my smaller habits. I've had clients that have been scared to pay for my coaching, Right. and then come to me and said, guess what? Because of your coaching, I've never even had to put it on a credit card. And like <laughs> that right there is a huge win. Right. So I think we have to switch up our actions. We have to switch up our mindset. We don't need to live in survival mode anymore when it's no longer necessary.
0: Ooh, that's so good. And I wondered too, if part of what happens is I think, I think things are oversimplified so much, right? So sometimes we hear, okay, you got to change your mindset around money and you got to do this, but so infrequently do we talk about the how, so what are your thoughts on that? So when it comes to changing your mindset, I know you briefly touched on this, that you're going to need to start changing the habits first, but what do you credit as being one of the most powerful things you can do to actually start to shift your mindset around money?
1: Figure out why you have it in the first place period. Like, why do you have that mindset? I want you to think back to your parents or your parental figures or whoever raised you. What did you see? Did you see your parents sitting at the dining room table, stressed over all of the bills? Did you see fights between your parents over money? Did you see a parent that, you know, spent outrageously and then complained if an expense popped up, right? What exact, what narrative did you grow up with? And how does it affect how you handle your money now? Because a lot of times we're either mirroring what we saw when we were growing up, or we're doing the complete opposite. I don't know how many times it's, oh, my parent, we never were allowed to buy anything. So now all I do is buy everything. (laughs) So I think when it comes to mindset, you've got to figure out why you have it in the first place. Right. And that can be a little painful from time to time to be perfectly honest.
0: Right. Because you've got to dig in a little bit, right?
1: Yep. Yep. That's definitely a, that is definitely a mirror that you need to put up.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I remember I was listening to a podcast and one of the things that stuck out to me so much was When you are in a certain situation or when something is your norm or your reality, I think a lot of the time we call it a comfort zone. It's actually a familiarity zone because if you really think about it, is it comfortable to feel like crap about money all the time? Is it comfortable to constantly be stressing? Is it comfortable to feel like you are not good enough or you're not worthy or any of those things? No, it's just what you're currently doing. It's not, it doesn't mean it's you. It's just what you believe, do act like, you know, your habits right now. So I think that was a really helpful shift because yes, changing things can be uncomfortable. Like you said, like that beginning stage, even maybe the process of getting out of debt. Although I know that the way that you teach is a little bit different, like you can still live your life while you do it. Maybe that is a little uncomfortable to get used to for a while, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like you're not just sitting in this thing forever, which is what you're going to do. If you stay in your familiarity zone, quote unquote
1: yes letting go or having short term sacrifices for the long term win and i know when i was getting out of debt one of my things was i would put and i recommend this to anybody is put your why put the reason you even want the debt gone somewhere where you see it every single day every day put it on your credit card if that is the issue right put it if you're pulling out your credit card all the time cuz maybe you know target is your thing or whatever put it right there and then you're going to look at it and you're going to go oh, i want this i want my why more what right. my why more than this thing. Because you are going to have to make sacrifices. I'm not going to be one of those people that like, oh, you can spend all the money you want on whatever you want. But you get to choose what those sacrifices are. Right, That's the thing. If you love your Starbucks and it lights you up and it makes you happy and it fuels you for the day, awesome. If it fits in your spending plan and you can still hit your goals the way that you want to hit your goals, awesome. Like I am not here to tell you not to do that. But if you're going to Target and you're buying clothes and they're sitting in your closet Mm -hmm. and they have tags on them and you forget that you bought them, that's different. It's not about not spending money. It's about not wasting money. So there's this awareness that has to happen because when you go into debt for something, you are borrowing from your future self. Mm
0: -hmm. What
1: is worth borrowing from your future self? You got to ask yourself that question and be honest with yourself about it.
0: Do you think that a lot of people who struggle with money use money to like self-soothe in a way?
1: A thousand percent.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I was picking up when you were talking is it's like a, a lot of the things that you spend money on, you don't even necessarily need or want. Exactly. It really seems like It's when, from when you're talking, that people are purchasing things that they don't even really want or won't even really use just out of habit.
1: Yes. Andrew Carruthers said something recently that I really liked. He said that a lot of us spend money to either escape pain or pursue pleasure. And I really like that, but I also think I'd like to add to that, I think a lot of times convenience, right? DoorDash is a perfect example of that, but we don't always do it intentionally, And same with the self-soothing of spending and like making ourselves feel better. Like a lot of the times we don't realize we're doing it. That's what I'm trying to help my clients with is like to bring awareness around it. So instead of just going and picking something up, that shirt up at Target and just throwing it in your cart, because that's what you've always done. I want you to think twice about it. I want you to go, you know what? My maybe tomorrow challenge. I want you to go, maybe I'll buy this tomorrow. I don't need this right now because what happens is you put it back and you don't, you forget about it. You don't think about it. You get home and you're not like, God, I wish I bought that shirt. And if you are, the next day, think about it. If you're thinking about it still, maybe you want it. I always say, if you're still thinking about it at the end of the week, you want it, go buy it. But more than likely, you're going to be glad you didn't buy it. And then DoorDash, same thing. We're spending almost $30 more food for convenience, which is hairstylists sometimes have to, or do you? Can you see how much you're spending on DoorDash? Say you're doing it, twice a week. You're spending hundreds of dollars just on fees to get food to you. What right. can you do to still have a delicious meal ready for you? If you're not a cook, okay, there's still other ways to finagle that. There's a meal prep you know,
0: service or yeah, there's
1: meal prep services that are way more inexpensive. So it's not, it's about figuring out why are you spending on that thing? Yeah. And then moving into something that would make more sense for your finances or for your spending plan. If you got back all of the money on the things that you have been spending that you don't care about, right? What would you do with that money? That's what I want people to understand is like, you're going, if you feel like you're living paycheck and you feel broke, right? You feel like you don't know where your money is going. You need to figure out where it is going. You need to assess your situation, right? And then you need to realize that if you did not quote unquote, waste the money on these things that you forgot you bought or just like giving you a dopamine hit or whatever, what could you do with it? Like when I realized I was spending $800 to $1,000 a month going out to eat on things that I didn't eat, like we would go places I don't even remember. The food wasn't even that good. It was just, again, convenience. When we realized that, we're like, oh my God, like one, we could pay our debt off so much faster. Two, we could put that towards a higher mortgage. Right, we could put that towards a vacation. Right. We could put that towards whatever whatever it is that that we love and value. Like, I want you to spend your money, but I want you to spend it on things that you love. I want yeah. you to be excited about spending your money, not spending it and then feeling bad about it the next day. That's such a good.
0: That's such a good indicator too, and I think that's one of the biggest things that I hear you talk about that I love is you like spending money on certain things. Right. And there are things that you don't feel bad about spending money on. Let's, for example, what are those things that you're like, I fully like to invest in this stuff and it makes me feel good. And I do not regret it.
1: I love one trips. I love trips. Like I love any trip. And I like, buying new clothes for trips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's probably my biggest spending trigger. That's the one I have to check myself with the most. I will give myself permission to do it. Yeah. I will set a budget, but I do have to go, okay, you've hit it. You've that hit is it. You the budget. You got to stop now. You don't need another black tank top. You have 27 in your closet. And education. I want to go to Italy. I want to go to Utah. I want to in-person education myself to death. And I, it's always an ROI, right? I love my house cleaner. There are things that like, that also opens up more time for me. I can pay somebody to clean my house and then I can work or spend time with my family or whatever. So you got to think about again, why are you spending the money and what can it open up for you? Is it opening up a door for you or is it closing a door for you?
0: Ooh, so Misty, back when you were $48,000 in debt and you were feeling really shitty about your money and you were just not, you didn't have that faith in yourself, if you would have told her that five years from now, she would be going on retreats, having a coaching business, be able to have the freedom to pursue the things she cares about. Do you think you would have, would she have believed you? Do you think?
1: No, I would not. know. I wouldn't have believed it. I, it is crazy how much getting my financial shit together has completely changed my life, completely changed my life. And my clients' lives are being changed from it. Like I get so many messages about how they can take off weeks at a time yeah. during the holidays because they've taken control of their money. Yeah. They get to if their kids sick. They don't feel guilty. They've let go of that like feeling of, oh my God, I can't cancel my appointments because I got to pay my bill. I've had clients just pay off $38,000 of debt. And move to different states because they got their financial shit together, where before that would have been like a crazy idea. So I'm very thankful for my journey. And I'm very thankful for the people who now trust me to be in theirs because I know the power of getting my financial shit together. And I want you to feel that too.
0: (laughs) I love that. And I think that's the part of the story that no one talks about, right? Is what comes at the end, like the light at the end of the tunnel, because there's so much negativity and shame and just all these horrible feelings surrounding money. If you go into debt, you're bad or, and not all debt is bad and not all debt means that you're bad. It's, and I've heard you say this before that like, you know, it, that money was there for you when you needed it. And then you can like, just remove your judgment of yourself
1: yes one of my clients she had a lot of debt and we were chatting it out and she felt very shameful around it very upset about it and I asked her why did you why did you take on that debt and she said I had to go on maternity leave and I said would you have traded that for anything in the world and she was like no and I was like then you need to thank your debt you need to thank that money for allowing you to be able to stay home with your child now does that mean that you don't want to create a plan to get it out get out of it no, you can be thankful for what it has done for you and then continue to get rid of it so that you can do more with your money. But I think that's really important to understand and to ask yourself, why do you have the debt? My past debt was all consumer debt, all of it. It was shit I did not, could not afford. There was no ROI on that. <laughs> it was it was restaurants and it was clothes that I forgot about. And so for me... I just had to go the shame of building it up. It had to go too, because I can't shame myself into getting out of it and neither can, you. but that is not good or bad. It's neutral. It is a tool that can be used. So what are you using that tool for? Again, something to build you up or something to put you deeper into a hole.
0: Oh, this has been such a powerful conversation. I always love like just your whole approach, your vibe. I think it's so needed in particularly the financial industry because it's not usually one that makes you feel good. I think it relies on making people feel bad and you've proven through your work that is not the only way to get results. And in fact, a lot of people that work with you say that they have tried a lot of other ways to get out of debt before. And I think sometimes it's like that, I think it's that super strictness and that shame where it's, if one thing goes wrong, it causes you to just totally throw in the towel. Yeah.
1: It has to be a lifestyle shift. It can't be this like overnight. And again, I'll, I'll never be the coach or educator that says that this can happen overnight. It takes time and it takes practice and it takes action. I want to talk about my buy by debt blueprint because this is something that I have made recently that was what I needed. So like when I decided that I was ready to get my financial shit together, that plan that I was talking about, that is what shifted everything for me because I was able to actually see instead of going, oh my gosh, I want to get out of debt and then not knowing when that could happen, right? I was able to sit down and go, oh my God, I can be out of debt by this date if I do this, So what I've done is I've made that I've made a calculator for hairstylists that they can go and they can, all you need is your information. All you need is your interest rate. All you need is your balance and it will make that plan for you. So the thing with interest rates is we don't, it's very hard to calculate, especially if you don't understand quote unquote, not a numbers person, this does it for you. So you plug in your numbers and it's going to tell you exactly how much you'll be paying in each on each debt per month, and it's going to show you when it's going to be paid off. So I'm definitely going to direct everyone there. So that's the Bye Bye Debt Blueprint. And of course, because you're listening to Jody's podcast, it's only $47, but I'm also going to give you a code to get $10 off. So it was only like $37, and the code is HR10. <laughs>
0: My hairstylist rising people. And I will make sure that we put that in the show notes as well so that you can easily access. Cause it sounds, I know that the first purchase that you made, you, I think you said in the last episode you're in was a $97 get it a debt. Was it a video or a a DVD
1: and a book? Yeah.
0: Now there's this great option specifically for hairstylists that you've created, which doesn't rely on the shave or any of the things you're just giving them the tools that they need, which I love. Yep. And so where can we connect with you on social media? Where do we find you?
1: Yep. You can find me at underscore Misty Jane underscore or at the Cash Confident Stylist. Also, I have a podcast as well, the Cash Confident Stylist podcast. There's all kinds of free education there from me as well as other industry leaders like Jody. And DM me. I'm an open book. I love chatting with people. I'm here to support you. I'm here to change the narrative and I want you to change yours too.
0: Misty, you are just such a warm and welcoming person. And I think that with a topic as vulnerable as money, it's so important to have someone that you can trust, that you can talk to. And I think like, I can personally say you're one of the most understanding and inspiring and amazing people that I know. And I think that anyone who is feeling really unsure or uncomfortable or just Scared and doesn't know where to start, send me a DM. She is so supportive. And I know that you've helped so many people that I personally know, and I'm just very grateful for what you're doing for our industry.
1: Thank you so much, Judy. I love you. Don't make me cry today. <laughs> Thank you so much
0: for listening in to another episode of the hairstylist rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Rising or at it's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here. Same place, same time next week. And until then I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.